Hello, and welcome back to the Ranking Discography Show. I'm Nick Moffat, and this is... Shannon McLean. And that's actually not the name of this podcast. But Wait, this what did you call it? The Ranking Discography Show. Mm, but, really clunky name. Right, it's not a great name, <laughs> but we're, we're still working on the name. Uh, I know this is our second episode, and uh, we're still trying to figure out what the name should be and the whole groove of it, but, but it is the show where we pick a band and we rank their discography. Yes. And uh, we're really excited about it because today we have a special guest, uh, Jordan Reese. Hello, hello. Hello, Jordan Reese. He's here with us uh, via Zoom. Uh, Jordan's in Spokane. We're in Marysville, Washington. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about Beck. Um, Jordan, uh, you, you like Beck. You're our Beck uh, expert for this week. Question I love Beck. You like Beck. <laughs> He's a musical chameleon and is always blazing his own trail. And I've always appreciated that. This was a really fun discography to listen to. I mean, uh, he's got 12 albums. So, uh, we're Did we listen to 12 albums? We listened to 12 albums. Wow. Uh, the thing about um, Beck, too, I, I guess technically, according to Wikipedia, he has 14. So we, we didn't listen to his first two because they basically weren't available. They're not right. on Spotify. They're not on Apple Music. What, what, what do you use? Apple Music, Reese? I use YouTube Music for free YouTube, no commercials. Oh, nice. Do you, do you, do you love it? How, how is YouTube? Music? It's all right. Nothing was <laughs> as good as RDO. RDO, rest in peace. I seriously miss RDO every time I have to click into Spotify. Yeah. So, Reese, uh, just, just to get started, I'm just going to ask you just a couple Beck questions. Have you seen Beck live? Yes, I have. Uh, 2012 Sasquatch. Hell yeah, we were there. Yeah, I think we were there with you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Tenacious D came on stage. Oh, what yeah. a moment. That was crazy. That was what one of the most surreal moment. moments. And yeah, they, they did sang, two songs with them. They sang Motherfucker. What was the other song? Do we remember? E-Pro. E-Pro, nice. Cool. Sasquatch was also on stage at that time, so don't forget like the the actual Sasquatch oh, wow. was running around stage. How could I forget? Um, what's your earliest memory of Beck? Uh, my earliest memory, I was probably like 12 or 13. And my one of my close friends in Nevada burned me a mixed CD and Loser was on it. And I still know most of the words. It's Far sweet. Out. Also impressive feat to know the lyrics to that song. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel comfortable with those lyrics? I, I'm like 60% with those lyrics, but yeah, there's a couple mumbles in there. Yeah. Because I don't know what it says. <laughs> Ain't on my brain, and I'm the plastic junkie. <laughs> it's also kind of nonsensical because that's like his writing style at the time was like, I don't know, silly words and stuff that didn't really make a lot of whole sense. Right. I mean, he was uh, he was known for a bit as like a slacker kind of king. Um, or like an eclectic weirdo. And I, I think he is. He's kind of held on to that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, have, I have here that his, um, his musical style incorporates elements of folk, funk, soul, hip-hop, electronic, alt-rock, alt country, and psychedelia. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's eclectic, I'd say. I also think that time frame for art perhaps was really interesting. It's kind of like... I feel like he fits in with this this notion of um, like 
taking something traditional and cramming just like nonsense into it, like a, like irony, you know, a very ironic sure. yeah. style, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I think, uh, you know, we have 12 albums to go over. I think we should just jump in, jump in. Uh, real quick. I'm just going to run over the concept of the show for our listeners uh, with with the guest, Jordan Brees in this case. We uh, pick a band or an artist, in this case, the alt-rock musician Beck. And in our own time, we listen to every album from said artist in chronological order. If, for whatever reason, we were to get stuck and unable to finish an album, we are allowed to tap out, skip it, and move on to the next album. We each ranked all the albums on our own, from worst to best, least favorite to most favorite, depending on however you do it. And then for the show, we go over the discography rankings, album by album. And at the end, we combine our lists into an ultimate artist ranking. Um, one thing to keep in mind, whoever has the album the highest dictates when we talk about it. Uh, if and when an album is ranked uh, and one of us has it higher, we must skip it by exclaiming the artist's specific catchphrase. So every every episode, uh, we'll have a different catchphrase. We took this whole concept from the Top 10 show with John Roca and Matt Nost, and they used the word punt. And uh, we're shaking it up. So we're going to, for Beck, the catchphrase is going to be, yo, cut it, from Loser. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm ready to jump right in. Um, I'm so excited for to clap on a podcast. One other thing is that we aren't going to be going over the song reader concept either, um, which is when he wrote a bunch of uh, songs and then didn't record any of them, but then other people recorded them for him. We're not going to be doing that one either. But uh, anyway, uh, let's just jump in. Shannon gets to go first with her pick. Why do I get to go first? You always get to go first. Thanks. Okay. And then Reese will go second, then I'll go third. Got it. All right. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. So we there's 12. There's 12. So number two. Number 12. Surprise, surprise. Hyperspace. Anyone? That's also my number 12. <laughs> Reese? It's not my 12. <gasps> so, so you got to say, yo, cut it. You got to say, yo, cut oh, it. Oh, yo, cut it. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was if, if my... I thought it was if it was my 12, then I would say yo cut it. No, it's if yours is higher. Oh, okay. If mine's higher, then yes. You cut it. Okay, gotcha. You gotta talk about it when we get yours. Okay, yeah, yo cut it. Cool. Cool. So, so what is, so Reese, what is your number? Mine is one foot in the grave. And it's mostly because I haven't, oh, didn't get it. Yo, cut it. Cut it. We'll oh, tired. We'll come back yeah, around. We'll come back around. All right, I need a little practice. I need a little practice. Yeah, I, it's kind of confusing. I mean, you, well, and it goes quickly with this one because. There's so many. It, it, the, cutting, the cutting it will come back around. It'll. Uh, All right. Um, we'll end up talking about things real quick. So. Shannon, what's your number 11? Oh, because you already did your My number 12 was also hyperspace. All right. My number 11 was colors. Yo, cut it. Damn. Mine's colors. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. 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 Well, my number 12 is, I mean, my number 11, which is like at this point, obviously, a yo, cut it, but it might be surprising. Uh, is uh, morning phase. Whoa. Yo, cut it. Yo, cut it. <laughs> okay. So, Shan, what is your number 10? Okay, number 10 for me 
is mutations. Yo, Yo it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm kind of surprised at that by my like myself, guys. I I'm looking at my list and I'm like, yep, it happens. Um, Reese, you're number ten. My number ten is hyperspace. Okay, so now we, we now we talk, talk about talk. Reese. What's your take on hyperspace? Um, when I first listened to it in November last year, I didn't like it and I wasn't into it at all. I listened to it once and was like, okay, that was a Beck album, I guess, and moved on. Um, but through this, I started to listen to it more. I was like, shoot, there's some good stuff in this. And I mean, it's not what I would describe as Beck, but it's, there's actually pretty good. And he kind of does all right in this like electronic spacey pop. For sure. Um, and I, 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 I'm sorry, I forgot. I like to set the table of the album when we get Ooh, to talking about it. Table, so Nick. Hyperspace came out in 2019. So it's his most recent album. It was released on Capitol Records. The producers were Pharrell Williams was the big producer. And then Beck did producing too. Cole MGN, Greg Kirsten, Paul Epsworth. Um, the singles were the songs Saw Lightning, Uneventful Days, Dark Places, and Everlasting Nothing. And uh, I wrote down a fun fact, just that uh, he finished touring and he wanted to seize the moment with Pharrell Williams. And initially they just wanted to make an EP and then he was kind of surprised that they had a whole album's worth of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much with you, Reese. Um, I didn't really, I kind of forgot that this album came out. Like it came out last year and I was like, I think I listened to it once and kind of just eh, moved on and um, return to it and uh i don't know i i'm still kind of like i'm still pretty unsure about it um, it's not this album i'm gonna jump to throw on like i have i clearly have 10 other out al- or nine other albums i'm gonna jump to first <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> yeah i mean my only note on it that i wrote down while i was listening was nah <laughs> no <laughs> So I don't have a lot of good commentary on that one. Well, my thing about this album was like, I don't know who this was made for. Just, it's like, it's really, it's really poppy. Like the production of it is really poppy and really electronic. And it just feels kind of weird to me. Like Beck turned 50 this year. So he's like a 49 year old making like, like electronic um, pop music. And it just, I just kept being like, I just, who is this for? Like, it just didn't really jive for me. I just didn't really get it. And there were a few songs where I was like, do I like this song? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It just was kind of like middling for me. Yeah. Let's move on. Cause we don't need to spend any more time talking about this one. Okay. So that was, that was hyperspace. That was Reese's number 10. Um, my number 10 is one foot in the grave. Um, so, so you must have it higher. Yeah. Yo, cut it. Okay. Um, I have to count. So, Shan, what's your number nine? <sighs> My number nine is morning phase. Yo, cut it. Cool. So, Reese, what's your number nine? My number nine is mellow gold. Yo, Yo cut, cut it. it. <laughs> Um, my number nine is Colors. 
so now now we talk about colors so right. colors setting the table for colors colors was uh released in 2017 uh on capitol records uh beck was the main producer of it so was greg kirsten and cole mgn uh wikipedia had the genres as pop dance rock hip-hop experimental pop and <laughs> pop rock i like to go over the wikipedia genres sometimes for like that because they're, so funny. they're funny and they're all over the place uh the lead single the singles off of this album were dreams wow up all night colors and dear life and um one thing i thought was interesting about this album was that the lead single dreams was released in june of 2015 and it was kind of the idea of the album but then the album colors didn't actually come out until october 2017. Wow. so i do remember when that came out and it was good i think i like that single i i love this i love dreams, dreams. um yeah reese what's your take for of this one of this one um it was kind of similar to hyperspace as my first listen i wasn't that into it um like coming back to it though like i i tend to appreciate some of the other stuff like i like seventh heaven and dear life i really like um but yeah. i just don't connect with a lot of the choruses agree agree wholeheartedly i i also liked seventh heaven and i liked that song i'm so free a little bit but i would like start to like it and then yeah like the chorus would come on and i'd be like oh never mind no. <laughs> um i liked i like dear life i like that song oh, i like dear life too um i i really like uh wow wow is wow i like wow wow what it's, is that song though like it like, wow. sounds like back at all it's like, like right I, re I specifically remember like talking to you like i was like wait that's a beck song like i didn't know it's very strange and like i think girl in a bikini with the lamborghini shits. <laughs> it's i don't know it's like to me it's like pure back how it's like i don't know if you were to it's like a it's like a kind of a typical trap song like it's like it got a typical trap like hip-hop beat but it's beck doing his just weird beck thing and uh i don't know for whatever reason i get i think it's super catchy and i just i just really really love it the thing i'm struggling with with colors and hyperspace is that it seems like most it seems like a large part of beck's career is like rooted in irony and the, these two are like questionably not he's just making pop music and i found that very confusing <laughs> yeah um yeah well beck is kind of confusing i think we can all if we have understand. if we've learned anything from this experience but my yeah. thing with these two albums it feels like when i think of beck i think of like a trailblazer like he's like he's marching to the beat of his own drummer he's doing his own thing he's not paying attention to anything going on in the rest of the music world and in these two albums he's kind of like taking inspiration from current pop music and incorporating it into into his own and i just think that isn't really what beck's other albums was about that's a good observation yeah that's a really good point um yeah, I think the songs are catchy and good, but it's not what I would describe as Beck. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair, and I, I I get that. I think I think part of it might be him getting older a little bit. It just at this point in his career, it's like I don't know. It just it's hard to it's hard for someone like him to be as weird and as inventive as he used to be. Um, mm -hmm. 
but uh, I don't know. I think I put it just a little bit higher because I think some of the singles are really, really catchy. But yeah, I think Colors and Hyperspace have the same thing going on where they both kind of feel like it's a whole album of one type of sound that was like from the single, you know, where the whole thing was was dreams and all the songs kind of sound like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, let's move on. We've got a bunch we of albums to talk on. about, and uh, so that was my number nine. So we're at our number eights. So Shen, what was your number eight? My number eight was One Foot in the Grave. Cool. So let's talk about it. Okay. That was that was the highest that this one's been. So One Foot in the Grave is a weird one. Ooh, set the table, Nick. Okay. So One Foot in the Grave initially came out in 1994. Um, it was on K Records, based out of Olympia, Washington. And uh, the producer was Calvin Johnson, who produced most of uh, K Records type stuff. And um, real, just real quick side note, like I went to school in Olympia, and Olympia does have like its own vibe, you know, musically. Like songs and bands that come out of Olympia are, I don't know, they got this lo-fi thing. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. This definitely sounds like something that Wolf came out of Olympia. Um, the genres on Wikipedia are just describe it as anti-folk, indie rock, lo-fi, and alternative country. I just have um, to say, I love the label anti-folk. Yeah, I think a lot of what Beck does is anti-folk. But um, anyway, the the original release had sixteen tracks, and then. 2009 they had a deluxe reissue and has 32 tracks which, which... is too many tracks <laughs> yeah and i only listened to the original I, yeah, same here i think that's I a good cut, call I for cut you guys. Off. that's a good call I did kind you of, listen to the whole i had the whole thing on but i kind of walked out of the room and went and did something yeah else. i mean the thing i could appreciate about this is like it it was doing a thing it, i don't know I felt like I have a really soft spot for this Olympia sound and K Records. And I was really excited about Calvin Johnson's like super bass voice. Um, right when he comes into a song, because he sings on a few songs on it, right when he comes in, you're like, yeah, that's Calvin Johnson, obviously. Yeah. It sounds just like him. From what I remember about it, it was a little boring, kind of doing the same thing over and over again. But, um, no, it was chill. It was chill. I mean, it's been number eight. It's not. It's not so high, but yeah. Reese, what were you gonna say about it? Um, I like one thing I like about it is it feels like he just recorded every song in one take, mm, and it's just yeah. like shows like his natural like ability of like as a performer and a songwriter. I think that's really cool, and I I think I as if I listen to it more, I'd appreciate it more. Yeah, there's probably a lot to like dig out of it. I think for all of us, this might have been one of our first times actually listening oh, to this absolutely. album. Oh, absolutely. That's a good point. I yeah, it was mine. That's kind of wild that this guy, this musician that we all really, really love. I honestly didn't even know this was one of his albums. Yeah. To be, to be perfectly honest. It's it's a weird one. Um, yeah, so we, we got a little lower on the list. Um, I did feel like it was pretty heartfelt, though. It was like a little heartbreaking, heartfelt. I thought it was pretty authentic. Um, yeah. You know, the, the song It's All in Your Mind was on there, which comes which back came, for a sea change. Well, it was it was after the 16th track. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> oh, whoa, I didn't know that. I think it was like, yeah, which was cool, right? Like uh-huh. to hear him do that song. Yeah. So, so, um, I'm so definitely going to check that out later. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not a, yeah, it's, it's later in the, in the album. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one foot in the grave. So, uh, Shan, you had that number eight. Um, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's keep it going. So, so Reese, what is your number eight? My number eight is the information. Yo, cut it. Nice. <laughs> um, my number eight is mutations. Yo, cut it. Cool. So, Shan, what is your number seven? Number seven. I'm a full-grown man, but I'm not afraid to cry. Midnight vampires. <laughs> yo, cut it! Yeah, yo, cut it! Wow, uh, Reese, what's happy your- to hear? We're all like uh, fans. <laughs> I've just yeah, Beck's all over the place. I thought that would be higher for you, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I thought he's so. Got too. a lot of good albums. <laughs> okay, so true. He does. I mean, this is where I feel like my list is like number seven and i'm like so excited about my number seven you know right and i think that is something to always talk about when we do these episodes is that our lists aren't set in stone you know i feel like if we were to do this again next year or next month even like i could have a different order just because like i don't know music is so subjective and your opinions and your feelings change over time i'm just saying like my list from 12 to 8 was like meh and then 7 and above I'm like psyched about every every album on the rest of this list okay cool so uh so Reese what was your number seven my number seven is mutations okay cool let's Let's, talk about it let's talk about it um mutations um send the table for mutations uh mutations came out in 1998 um so that would be his uh fourth album that we're talking about uh the label was uh dgc uh producers were beck and uh neil goldrich who's famous for doing uh most of radiohead's albums um correct if i'm wrong he's done maybe all of it radiohead's albums but uh, no pretty much i think so yeah maybe not the maybe not like pablo honey but totally. i'd have to look that up yeah and um this was his first work with Nigel Goldrich, who uh, they've worked together a few times after this. Um, the Wikipedia describes the genres as psychedelic folk, alternative country, folk rock, alternative rock, and blues. So, uh, and the only single... That seems about right. <laughs> Tropicana was the, the single, and... Uh, um, was it I, Cold Rings also a single? Was it? Um, anyway, I wanted to note that uh, he appeared on Saturday Night Live in pr- promotion for this one, and he performed uh, Tropica- Tropicalia and Nobody's Fault But My Own. And oh, and he also won the Grammy for Alternative Music Album. So, uh, yeah, good for Beck on good that one. Good for you, Beck. <laughs> Reese, uh, yeah, I, what's your take on Mutations? I love Mutations. I, I, I've always liked it. And- I like that it, it kind of um, comes back to like more folk based after um, Odelay because Odelay with the Dust Brothers production and all the scratching and samples and it's just like strip it back down kind of back to where he started and but it still gets weird and 
Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, dude. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience with this album before this this listen through. Me neither. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, it just kind of passed me by, and I think that's kind of why it's lower because you know you're kind of playing catch up when uh, you you're going against all these albums I haven't really mm-hmm. spent much time with, but. Um, I actually ended up bumping it up a bunch of slots. It was it was lower initially for me, and then I went back wow. and listened to it, and re-listened to a few other songs, and I was like, man, there's actually something really special to this. How how psychedelic it is. Like, it could have just been a just you know country or folk album where someone just you know he's just playing the guitar, but nope, it's got like this like weird little like twinge to it. It's got this like psychedelic touch that. It's really special. He was doing something funky with his voice, too, a little bit. You know, just, like, slightly off. I agree. It's, like, slightly different. Um, trying some new stuff. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's really different. A lot of different. genres. Like, a lot of genres in that one. I felt like he was going through, uh, like, some 50s rock and then some Brazilian influence. And Well, the lead single, Tropicalia, like, I love that it's, like, this, like, jungle beach vibe type thing <laughs> i can hear it in my head right now <laughs> yeah, totally it's a really infectious song totally and it's it's like perfect for summertime like i put it on my summertime mix so uh, yeah i don't know you guys it ended up number 10 for me and i don't know what my problem was i spent the whole week saying what is my problem with this album? <laughs> like every time i thought about it i was like i i don't know i just can't i just couldn't vibe with it um i maybe it was too all over the place that for me or something there were there were a couple songs i really liked diamond bollocks the last track i liked yeah. that song a lot but then i just i don't know it just like I don't know what it was. I could not get into it. So, so my apologies that it's uh, so low. I actually bumped it down <laughs> a few times. <laughs> well, you don't need to apologize. It's all okay. It's all... Uh, it's all in your mind. Yeah, it's all... <laughs> um, yeah. That's mutations, though. Um, Reese, you have anything to add? No, uh, I think that's, that kept, that's, that's, that's good. Far out. Got um, it. Cool. So my number seven is Modern Guild. Uh, yo, cut it. Cut it. Yo, yo, cut it. Okay. So Shan, what is your number six? Number six is Huero. Yo, cut it. Yeah, yo, cut it. Uh, Reese, what is your number six? My number six is Morning Phase. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> Morning Phase. Send the table for Morning Phase real quick. Morning Phase came out in 2014. Um, it was uh, released on Capitol Records. Um, Beck was the only listed producer, at least on Wikipedia. Um, the genre is folk rock. And um, I think I'd agree with that. And the singles are Blue Moon, Waking Light, Say Goodbye, and Heart is a Drum. And um, it should be noted that this album won the Grammy for Album of the Year, which is... Which I believe was controversial because it beat out Beyonce. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime Beyonce doesn't win, it's controversial. And do I think he deserved it over Beyonce? No. If I'm putting all my cards on the table, you guys. Well, Reese, what do you think? I think he deserved it for Odalay. 
over <laughs> morning phase, but good for him. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I, I'm I'm happy that he won Grammy of like, Album of the Year at some point in his career. We're having a long career. Maybe not this one. Um, I mean, I had this album pretty low. Um, for me, it's for me, it doesn't really work too well. I don't know. I I've never really been able to get past it being just kind of boring and I have a hard time going back to it. And to me, it feels like he's trying to do the sea change thing, but he's not going through something like he was with sea change. So it just kind of feels a little hollow to me. And uh, sorry that I'm rough on. Sorry. I would agree with that, but I also thought it was it was like a lot better than I expected. I gave it like one listen when it came out and was like, I don't know, you know, kind of not not my jam. But then I I listened to it this time and I I was getting into it a little more. You know, I thought that that song "Morning" is like a really good song. Oh, great opener too. I guess it's it's not the full opener. Is there an intro it's track? Like an intro track, but yeah. Yeah, I'd count that as the opener for yeah. sure. Would you guys say that's your favorite song, Morning? Or do you have a different one, Reese? Um, yeah, I like Morning and Blue Moon. They're both what, good. What I you, really like the whole album. I think it's great. Um, I could see where you could where you understand that it's boring. Like I think that's a total fair thing. But I mean, listen to it on headphones with my noise canceling headphones and hearing the string arrangements and it is it's so triumphant and so great. Totally. There yeah. are some good strings. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I don't know if I you're I mean that's that's fair. I don't know if I gave the production um enough enough credit because it does have like a lot of deep sound and like beautiful arrangements. That's for sure. Um I kept hearing songs that I thought sounded beautiful and and I just I was like do, I kept asking myself like do I like this <laughs> and then and then I like put those songs onto my Beck playlist because I, I do this I like as I'm listening I like put the songs that I like onto a playlist and then I like listen to the playlist over and over and I have to say I like did like delete a couple of them off the playlist <laughs> I mean, do you have to ask yourself if you liked something no but like it the answer might be no. <laughs> no, but like like Hard as a Drum was one that I did that. And I think that song is kind of cheesy. Like, you know, it's got like the like, you know, the click, 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 my heart's a drum, beat, 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 you know. And I, I, you know, and that's why I was like, it's kind of cheesy. Do I like it? And I think the answer is yes. I listened to it yesterday, like pretty loud in my car. And I was like, I was like smiling and enjoying driving around listening to it it was like a really beautiful it was a really beautiful song so it sounds like we need to be all listening to this very loudly or in noise canceling headphones and yeah. maybe i missed that being like immersed in it that sort of thing perhaps i feel like i had different experiences listening to it on my speakers versus my headphones through a lot of these albums and that they're they're all quite a bit more enjoyable listening through with headphones. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that Beck uh, puts a lot of um, he puts a lot into producing. You know, he's he's produced pretty much all of his albums, and he also plays most of the instruments on them too. And 
you know, it's, it's a whole thing with him. So it's a whole thing. No, I just, I just <laughs> it like, is. That was fair. It was. It is a whole thing. I mean, I I looked at the Wikipedia pages for all these albums, and just looking at his credits on every single one of his albums is just exhausting. Because he plays everything yeah. from guitars, bass, drums, keyboards, everything. Yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a genius with that kind of thing. Like he really he he's really learned how to do like play all the instruments and do all the sound tech things and do all the producing like he's and that's and like yeah if we're thinking about from that way if he is the only uh uh credited producer like all of this production all this that we're talking about like that's all him that's all back pretty amazing pretty amazing pretty amazing he's a very talented man Totally. Um, I think we are going to continue talking about production as yeah. we move further into this list. For sure. Well, uh, do you guys want to take just a quick break um, so I can... Potty break. Potty break just real quick. And, yeah, let's uh, do it. We'll come back and finish. I, I really wish we had like a fake sponsor. Hi, I'm Nick Moffat. I'm Derek. I'm Brandon. I'm Sean. And we're the Monthly Movie Dispatch. We're old friends, and we've been talking about movies for 15 years. On our podcast, we talk about the newly released movies coming out, and we share our honest opinions about it. Like, for example, quick, speed round. Derek, signs are unbreakable. Signs. Sean, Schindler's List or Jaws? Schindler's List. And Brandon, Christopher Nolan or David Fincher? David Fincher. All right. So we're all over YouTube, Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, and anywhere else you can find an RSS feed. Hope to see you listening soon. So, hey, we're back. Um, thanks for that little break. Um, so just jumping right back in, we actually didn't do my number six. So my number six was the information. Yo, got it. Great. Um, so, Shen, what is your number five? My number five is the information. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's talk about it. Um, so the information. This was my album that I kept bumping up. Nice. This album's pretty cool. One of my albums that I kept bumping up. <laughs> this one's pretty cool. Um, this album came out in 2006. Um, it was released on Interscope. Um, Nigel Goldrich was the producer. Uh, Wikipedia described it as alternative rock. And the singles were Nausea, Cell Phone's Dead, and Think I'm in Love, which man, I love that song, Think I'm in Love. I mean, okay. it's no secret that we are a married couple. And I have to say that in the beginning of our relationship, you made me a, a mixtape with Think I'm in Love on it. And wow. it made me say, I think I'm in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I think this album is banging. Like, it kicks off so strong. Uh, first four tracks are, like, amazing. And I don't know. I was just jamming to it, you know? For sure. Um, I feel like it's 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 a, it's more electronic, right? Like I feel like Beck's really embracing like electronic kind of styles here, and um, I don't know. I feel like the songs that hit for me like hit like really really good. Like they get stuck in my head. Yeah. Nausea. That's the one. Yeah, nausea. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And yeah, and Strange Apparitions, the one that I, I really like. Yeah. Along with Think I'm in Love and Nausea, those are the three I wrote down. 
as far as standout songs, but there, there are a lot of like really hooky type songs that just really grab you. Where did you have this one? I, I had it at eight. Okay. I just like uh, Mutations is just a little more weird. And I, I, I just, I like that a little more. Yeah, so we all had it pretty close. We all had it like Shen had it at five, six, eight. I think that's all pretty close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this album's great. It's, uh, to me, this was, um, this like sounds like Beck. And uh, I mean, I remember listening to this a lot in 2006. Like I remember going to college and like 2006, 2007, like, like just jamming on it quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's great. Do you guys? Uh, I don't. I mean, like, I just—it's so dancing groovy. It's like it comes on, and I am just like in the in my own music video, which is very fun. So that's why it's great. It's it was fun. It was a fun listen. Yeah. And how about that album intro with that? You or sorry, one, two. You know what to do. Yes. <laughs> it just goes right in and just like hooked right from the start. <laughs> yes um the album artwork's really fun i don't know it's just like a fun time it is it is um beck's grooving here i think this is like a period of beck's career where he is really solidifying the beck sound um we get well i was gonna bring it up later but i feel like this and Wero and um modern guilt were like bam 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 yeah and they were all like to me like that's like what mature beck sounds like in a lot of ways like a little bit of electronic a little bit of rock a little bit of uh folk but like all coming together in his unique voice um and it's, it's not too weird like his older stuff is pretty weird and his later stuff is less weird yeah his later stuff's pretty normal all things considering <laughs> and um yeah the information oh, like, yeah this is like the sweet spot of his yeah. career those three but um yeah so i love it i love it i love this part of that um let's let's keep going um reese what's your your number five My number five is modern gill yo cut it cut it wow cool cool um my number five is mellow gold Yo, cut it. Wow, Shannon. I know. Shannon, <laughs> cutting it. Yeah. Um, cool, so let's move on to number four. Shen, what's your number four? My number four was Mellow Gold. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <That's> twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sand the Table for Mellow Gold. Um, it came out in 1994. Um, it was his first uh, major label album. Uh, released on DGC. Uh, the producers were Beck, uh, Tom Roth, Rob Schnoff, Carl Stephenson. I'm sorry. Tom Roth, Rob Schnoff. <laughs> Go on. Um, it's described as alternative rock, anti-folk, experimental rock, and lo-fi. And the singles are Loser, which is like the biggest single that Beck had. I mean, it's Beck could have been one hit wonder off of Loser. Yeah, um, good for him for like keeping going and not getting down and yeah, like innovating with every album after that. Like, because totally. he totally could have. 
I mean, that song is still played on the radio, I think. I haven't listened to the radio in years, but I'm pretty sure it's still out there. I think so, too. I mean, you know, the end, 107.7, absolutely still plays that. You kidding me? Like, I mean, I don't listen to the radio that much anymore, but, you know, unless they're not a alternative rock station anymore, they're still playing Loser. I mean, you should, I, I still, hear it every once in a while. Yeah, I still hear it all the time. And I still love it. And like, it's like it never gets old. Yeah, it's a great song. Like, if, if someone was going to be a one-hit wonder, I know Beck isn't, but, like, it's what, Loser to me is one of those songs that represents, like, it's time, but it's also, like, much bigger than that, and it's, it's so creative and interesting. I just, it's, it's a very, very unique song. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of kept climbing on my list, too. Like, I I don't know. To me, this kind of embodied, like, it was like a sneak peek at the rest of his career. Like, I felt like it had a little bit of, like, of, of everything that he was going to he was gonna do it was like a prophecy <laughs> like it's pretty acoustic and folky and then it gets like psycho and weird and Gosh, noise it's such a weird album guys <laughs> like honestly okay so for me like you know i grew up hearing loser all the time and it was years before i finally heard mellow gold and um listening to it now it's 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 all over the place. I mean, it's got, like Shan said, it's like, it's got the lead single loser, but then it's, yeah, it's got folky songs. Like the song motherfucker though, is basically like a heavy metal song. Yeah. And this is negating everything I said about mutations, but I don't know, guys, I'm full of shit, but. <laughs> what do you mean saying everything about I mutations? I was like shitting on mutations for being too all over the place. And then I'm like, oh, mellow gold, all over the place. Love it. <laughs> it's just the right kind of, it's your yeah, style it's, of all over the place. It hits the right spots for you. I just thought this album, like I kept coming back to like, I think it, it got cred for me because it's like his first album and it's so innovative. And I don't think that there, that music was being made like this or is still being made like this. And no. that was like um, powerful to me. No know? one's making albums like Mellow Gold anymore. No one's Nobody doing ever was. <laughs> I mean, my notes for this, like, so the song Whiskey Clone, sad soul sucking jerk soul sucking jerk gargle noise <laughs> nightmate hippie girl freak folk definition like that to me was the yeah. definition of freak folk yeah yeah that song is great there's a ton of really good yeah, stuff on it. here and like you read these lyrics and they're so out there like i love that like in uh pay no mind it's just give the finger to the rock and roll singer as he's dancing upon your paycheck the sails climb high through the garbage pale sky like a giant dildo crushing the sun. Yes. Like, who writes that? I wrote, wow. I wrote, this is Gen, Gen X Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, totally. I, I get that. Which I is get like, that. it's like kind of, it's, it's like traditional folk music, but like minus the protest element. It's like, the protest is the world is fucked. And, and I'm a slacker. And I'm just going to you know, do whatever. <laughs> um, I have this funny quote from Rolling Stone that's Beck describing Mellow Gold. And he says, the whole concept of Mellow Gold is that it's like a satanic K-Tel record that's been found in a 
trash dumpster quite matter-of-factly. A few people have molested it and slept with it and half swallowed it before spitting it out. Someone played poker with it. Someone tried to smoke it. Then the record was taken to Morocco and covered with hummus and tabbouleh. Then it was flown back to a convention of water skiers who skied on it and played frisbee with it. Then the record was put on the turntable and the original KTEL album had reached a whole new level. I was trying to take the whole freedom rock feeling. You understand. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty straightforward description. (laughs) Basically it was Beck being like, Hey, this is America and I can make whatever kind of music. (laughs) And that, I mean, honestly though, that's kind of the folk element of, of his career. Like kind of, even when he devolves away from folk, he's still got this like, you know, yeah, value of, of personal freedom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's an awesome record. Um, that was your that was your number four. That was my number four. Wow. Okay. So recently- honestly, I enjoyed coming back to it. I because I hadn't listened to it in a long time, like all the way through, and it's it's really interesting, and I'm I'm probably gonna listen to it quite a bit more. Dude, the artwork is metal too. <laughs> <laughs> What is that thing? It's like a robot dinosaur or something? I have no idea. <laughs> With testicles? <laughs> testicles? Oh my. Or at least a testicle, perhaps. Guys, hear me out for just a second. Like, you know how some bands will do like concert tours where they play like one of their albums? Yeah. What if Beck did that with Mellow Gold? <laughs> I would pay like probably quite a bit of money. I would just, yeah, I would love that because if I'd be like, just how weird it would be. What would be better, watching Beck do Mellow Gold in its entirety or watching Beck play with Tenacious D? <laughs> I already did see that. So, you know, my life is complete. Um, Reese, what's your number four? My number four, um, and this kind of surprised me when I was going through all the albums again, but it's Odalay. Yo, cut it. Yo, cut it, for sure. <laughs> Um, Wait, why did it surprise you? Um, because I, I, I love this album. It's yeah. certainly one of the best he's made, and it's one of the most important albums of the 90s, I would say. And it's, okay. it's great. But, and I'll get into my reasons why I have albums higher than it. Totally. Cool. So you just thought I was it- sure. I was curious if you, if you thought it was going to land lower or higher on your list, but it sounds like you thought it was going to land higher. I, I bumped. I ended up bumping it down. Totally. totally. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to Odalay because uh, I definitely said cut it. Um, my number four is Guero. Cut it. Ooh, okay. I'm getting so, chills. So, Sean, what's what's your number three? Number three for me is Sea Change. Got it. Cut it. Oh, dude. sorry, Moffat. You guys, I feel like I could cry right now at that. That makes my heart feel good. Okay. <laughs> it kind of gets exciting here at the end, right? Where we're all like, where are you going to put this album? <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to put that album? Um, okay, Reese, what's your number three? My three is Midnight Vultures. Dude, same with me. Number three. Dude, number you guys three. are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, dude, Midnight Vultures. What an album. Yeah, I'd say it's his most fun. It's so much fun to listen to. 
Yeah. I mean, especially the first track. It just kicks yeah. off. Just all I've been in. singing that all day in front of our our Jake <laughs> and our toddler sex song. Like I've just been singing it all day and being like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um just real quick, going back to setting the table for Set it. the table. Um Midnight Vultures came out in nineteen ninety-nine. Um so it was uh after mutations. It uh was released on DGC records. Uh Beck Hansen was the main. Beck Hansen released it or produced it, and so did the Dust Brothers. Um, Hell the, yeah! The genre was uh, funk rock and R and B, and singles "Sex Laws," "Mixed Business," and "Nicotine and Gravy." Um, just real quick, uh, Johnny Marr of the Smiths add some guitar to the song "Milk and Honey." I had no idea. That is a. I can't quite hear it. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Like I was listening. Um, and I did want to say that uh, Weird Al has a fantastic style parody of um, of this point in Beck's career and the song Want to Be Your Lover, which is a hilarious song. But it's also like hilarious that Weird Al would just style parody like this part of Beck's career. Also, I don't know. Midnight Vultures almost feels like a parody itself. So meta parody. Yeah, you listen to Hollywood Freaks, like, it's certainly, like, making fun of, like, uh, rich Hollywood people doing weird stuff. Totally. And it's it's a pretty silly record, I really too. like that song, Hollywood Freaks. <laughs> I was getting down. <laughs> Dude, this album feels like camp, though. Right, it's like... It's this like, is straight camp. It's, like, pretty silly, <laughs> and... Um, well, it's leaning into leaning into itself it's taking itself seriously in its silliness sure like i mean it's a it's a it's a utilized vision like beck has he knew he was making like a funk rock r&b album and um but then he made it like pretty weird and silly in that oh it's so fun sorry i was just thinking about songs again how great is the song deborah so good and amazing that it is like one of the last tracks on the album it is i was gonna say i think this is the this is beck's best last track Mm -hmm. yes i would i would perhaps agree and i think i think spotify has like one song afterward but it's like it's not really a song yeah it's like an outro and so i would say that deborah is is his best track and i can't so much falsetto yeah that alone yeah just so impressive yeah he really gets up there it's like i keep wanting to sing it on this podcast and uh, it ain't happening no i ain't going for it <laughs> i i always i can't help but always think about baby driver though um you know uh deborah the character deborah being like there's only one song that's about me and uh that's named that's has the name deborah and it's not even about the girl deborah it's about her sister <laughs> But in all fairness, it's also about Deborah. Yeah, I know. He wants to get with both of them. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there has not taken a peek at Midnight Vultures, now's the time. Right, because I feel like this album did kind of fly under the radar a little bit. I mean, I wasn't really listening to Beck in 1999, but <laughs> like, it, it was probably years before I did get around to hearing it because I just feel like other ones are more overtly critically acclaimed and more talked about. 
And I feel like Midnight Vultures might have like more of a cult following. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I'd think so. So I think a lot of people would think more towards like modern guilt and the information as far as when they're t- picking up their top five, but it's so much, it's just so much fun. I love listening to it. I'm really proud of you guys. Well, for having it so high. Yeah. I mean, like I kind of wish it was higher on my end, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're less. Everyone you, can, you can only be yourself, you know? Totally. That's true. How <laughs> am I not myself? Um, cool. Well, that was Midnight Vultures. Uh, me and Reese both had that at number three. Um, Shannon, what is your number two? Yo, my number two is Modern Guilt. Modern Guilt. Which really kept creeping up the list. I think I had it at like number seven at one point. Reese, do you have Modern Guilt? Have you said Modern Guilt yet? Where did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I had it at five. Ah, okay, cool. So yeah, Modern Guilt. Gosh, it's You're... so damn catchy. The whole album, just damn catchy. It's also yeah. really short, so by the time that I got to it in the listening, I was like really psyched <laughs> that it was... It is shortest? Listen. This is Beck's shortest album. It's like 33 minutes long or something. That's uh, perfect. And it was just it was just like a fun, like throw it on, listen to it real quick. It was catchy the whole time. Uh, uh, yeah. Real quick, going back to sand the table for it. Just, oh my gosh, uh, you know, how like, could I, I like, forget? I like to set the table for the albums. Um, Marm Gilt came out in 2008. Uh, DGC again released it. Um, Danger Mouse is the main producer on this album, um, which I think you can hear, right? Like Danger Mouse has a very signature sound, and this like sounds like Beck working with Danger Mouse. Um, uh, the genres on Wikipedia are psychedelic rock, and it had the um, singles Chemtrails, Gamma Ray, and Youthless. Youthless. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember hearing Gamma Ray and Chemtrails on the radio all the time. Yeah. Those first four tracks are, like I said earlier, banging. So let me ask you guys, do you guys think the the um the collaboration between uh Danger Mouse and uh Beck was like was what you thought it'd be or what you want like it, that worked for you? Yeah. yeah, totally. For that for late 2000s, like it's perfect. I mean, he was on fire at that time. It's like Broken Bells had come out around then. Yeah. Like he was working with Black Keys and the Black Keys were like starting to get really big around that. Gnarls Barkley, I think, too, was was happening around that time as well. I think that was a little bit earlier. I mean, like five or six, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, Danger Mouse is he's he's the man. Yeah. I think that Danger Doom album came out around then too. Oh yeah, totally. I forgot about that. Um, Danger Mouse produced that one too, and um, I think I prefer that one, but. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still really love Modern Guild. Uh, I agree. Uh, it's definitely more of a collaboration with Beck than than it was with Portugal the Man. Like it could, I mean, that that doesn't maybe make sense. But I mean, he's such a strong producer. But like Beck also obviously has his hand in everything. Right. So, you know, maybe that's 
I think yeah. To do with it. I do think the collaboration worked just because it is it is so catchy and it is it is such a fun listen. Like you, you, I think you said it best. You you turn it on. I don't even have anything insightful to say. I just turned it on and kept turning it on and kept turning it on, and I was like, oh, this is just so much fun every time. It's a really easy one to go back to. For sure. And I think this is like the first album you started to turn the dial on the weirdness and dial it back a little bit. And I think it works a lot better than the colors and hyperspace. I agree completely. Totally. I agree completely. This one is it's it's almost like it's almost like from the time. Like yeah, it came out in two thousand eight and it feels like it feels like a rock album that would fit in with other rock albums in two thousand eight. I mean it but, was six years later that morning phase came out so it is like oh wow that is a huge a gap. Of time that is a huge gap between morning phase and modern guilt yeah yeah that, i didn't even think of that that's that's a long time he went and he got normal <laughs> who knows what happened anything could have happened but yeah i mean I, to Reese's point i think that i think that modern guilt works better um as like a product of other music at the time than Colors and Hyperspace does. Yes, yes, totally. But yeah, great album though, very good. Um, that was your number two. So um, Reese, what's your uh, number two? Uh, my number two is Sea Change. Hey, that's my number two. Wow, Check it guys. out. Wow. <laughs> and it nice. was number three. Yeah, so, so yeah. all up in there. I love sea change. Yes. It's so sad. It is very sad. Um, let me just set, set the table for it, I guess. Uh, sea change came out. I just out. did. It's sad. I know. That's like <laughs> all you kidding. need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it came out in 2002. Uh, Greffin. Uh, was the label that put it out. Nigel Goldrich was the producer. Um, folk rock is a genre. The singles were Lost Cause and oh, Guess I'm Doing Fine. I'm crying just like thinking about <laughs> these songs. Um, the, the concept of this album is that he broke up with his longtime fiance and they was inspired those songs. And initially he did not intend to release the songs uh, because he didn't want to air out his personal laundry um, in public. But then uh, he realized that it's like going through a breakup is a universal concept and um, it'd be worthwhile to, to put, put the songs out. And um, um, didn't he record this like, in a pretty short or write it in a pretty short amount of time um did you see that anywhere that's possible um i i heard that he like wrote the songs and then put them away and like sat on them for like a year or something mm. like he wrote the songs as he was working through his breakup and um i don't know about you guys but i would put this in the top two or three like breakup albums like this, that sounds like a fun list, but um, I don't, yeah. I mean, there are, I guess, I don't know, we'd have to go through and figure out what that really means or, you know, uh, other contenders or whatever. But to me, it's like, it really speaks to that concept of being heartbroken and um, being lost and um, working through those feelings. Like it, it's very raw and it's, it's all out there and it's, it's, it's very sad, but it's also like very beautiful. Like it, it, it talks a lot he talks a lot about like moving on and um um 
you know, um, figuring out what's, what's best for everybody. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, even though it is so sad. Well, it's just so amazing how much emotion comes through in that album. I don't know. Yeah. What's it? I love that he wears his heart on his sleeves. It's, I mean, he's so vulnerable and I, I really respect that coming. I mean, coming off of midnight vultures and making this like, it's yeah, what a what really, a weird storyline. Oh my gosh, I just realized that it goes Midnight Vultures and then see. <laughs> it's like That's it's wild. like we could speculate that he was like trying to get a little too freaky. You know. Well, from what I read on Wikipedia, which like, you know, you can't believe everything on Wikipedia, but from what I read on Wikipedia, um him and his longtime fiance, they broke up after he got done touring off the Midnight Vultures. But the story was that she was actually cheating on him. Mm. Um, and so that was like added to the heartbreak, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Midnight Vultures, I don't know. Like, is Midnight That's Vul- a polar opposite right. Right. Like, jump. For, for how like sexy or even like pseudo sexy Midnight Vultures is, like, um, sea change is purely authentic, real feelings. Despair. I don't know. How would you describe it, Reese? I mean, I think you kind of nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have what? What are you guys' favorite I, songs on this one? I'd say I love "Lonesome Tears" and "Lost Cause." Lost Cause. Very good. I, I love Lonesome Tears. It's all in your mind. Oof. Yeah, that one's great. I I love the opener, the golden age. Let the golden age begin. Yeah, I, I love that song. Yeah. That may be one of my favorite Beck openers. You know, this how much I love Sea Change like really makes me want to like Morning Phase more because it's it's like the same the same token that like the production is so amazing too like I don't know I'm you know very true um I did want to say that uh he did a few different tours off of this album he uh he played he did like the first round of tours was a like small like small theaters mostly acoustic and then uh the next tour after that, he did a full-fledged tour, and the Flaming Lips were his backing band. So the Flaming Lips would like do their own set first, like they would. The Flaming Lips are opening for Beck, but then they would basically come back out and be as like, his band. Yeah, they would be his band. I had no idea. I want to see some footage. Yeah, I needed to see that too. What was the Flaming Lips album that came out in two thousand two? Was it? Uh... Yoshimi? I think it was Yoshimi. Was it? Pretty sure. I'll check. Um, While you guys I had, a, on. I had a bootleg CD that was called Them Changes. It was a Beck Them Changes. It's not a real CD. You know, it's, it was bootleg, but it was a bunch of live footage. And it was, um, I mean, it, was, it wasn't live like in an arena or at like a theater. It was, it was a lot of it was like live, like in a radio studio or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it was the Flaming Lips playing alongside Beck. And um, they, if I remember correctly, they did a few Yoshimi songs. Do you still have this? Yeah, yeah, it's in a box somewhere. Oh. It's like in my CD. Yeah, so Yoshimi was the 2002 Flaming Lips. Okay, that's cool. It's hard to imagine, though, like Wayne Coyne rolling out in his like hamster ball while Beck is singing uh, 
you know, guess I'm doing just fine. <laughs> doesn't really make sense there, but I mean, I, I can't, I, I honestly, I can picture the band, but I can't picture Wayne Coyne's like role in this at all. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine Wayne Coyne taking a backseat to it's anyone. It's quite possible he, maybe he's just like crying or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm swaying back and forth. I'm doing a visual <laughs> thing. Podcasts are. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go do some search on YouTube to see if there's any footage of this. Well, I have to. I have to hear cool. it. That's well, cool. Look it up, guys. And you know, if you look it up, I'll, uh, I can burn you a copy of uh, them. <laughs> Ooh, you want don't tell anybody. And, uh, put in the mail. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get it over to you. Um, I still remember when I was. Uh, one thing to go back to Sea Change just because it is such an important album. Like the first time I heard Lonesome Tears, we were driving in the car and we were going to 7-Eleven because it was a hot summer day. And we we stayed in the car to finish the song. We couldn't, we were in the parking lot of 7-Eleven had to wait till it was finished just because it was so impactful. And worth, I'll never forget that. Worth sitting in a hot car. Yeah. Oh, just my mind was blown because at that time I'd only heard Wero and Odele. Right. And then you're just, I think that's the powerful thing about Sea Change too, is that like, you're like, whoa, where did this come from? Like I, it's, it's more unexpected than him doing something like outlandish. Yeah. And I think part of that is that Beck usually keeps his feelings and his personal life at an arm's distance. Like, we don't really know too much about Beck from his music. Um, he, he writes rock songs. He writes pop songs. He writes crazy songs. Like, whatever. He writes songs. But he doesn't necessarily put his, like, you know, what's happening in his life into his music too often. But on Sea Change, like, he, he, he completely did. You know, it's, it's devoid of irony, which most of his albums have, are full of irony. And um, it's just, like, it's just very real and uh, it's it's really powerful sweet so, so yeah um sea change um that was me and uh jordan's um number two so cool. uh, we're on our number ones hey. we're on our number ones shan what's your number one why don't you say it I, I don't know what it is. I've lost track. Oh. That's, not, that's not true. I think we have <laughs> one because my number one hasn't been said at all. So. I know. Uh, let's say it together. Odelay. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Reese had Odelay a little lower, um, but saying the table for Odelay came out in 1996. It was released uh, DGC uh, Records. Uh, Beck was the main producer. Beck and the Dust Brothers were the main producer. So this is his first collaboration with the Dust Brothers. Um, Wikipedia describes genres as alternative rock, folk rock, folk rock, rap rock, neo-psychedelia, <laughs> alternative hip-hop, and experimental <laughs> rock. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, singles, Where It's At, Where It's At, uh, Devil's Haircut, The New Pollution, Sissy Neck, and Jackass. So, um, heck yeah. Um, this album went 2X Platinum, was over 2 million sold in the U.S., and uh, won the Grammy for Best Male Rock 
vocal performance for where it's at. Oh, that is a category. There are a lot of categories. Interesting. <laughs> um, Odalay, yeah. So Reese, like kind of the epitome of Beck for me. I mean, Reese, you said it earlier that um, you think this is like a quintessential album from the '90s. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, like I think, or maybe just as one of my favorite, one of the best albums of the '90s. I I think there are better albums that describe the '90s. So you're thinking about grunge and things like that, but the CD is just it's so interesting. It pulls a lot of different stuff with the all the samples and there's all the turntables and like there's a mix of rap and yeah two turntables and a microphone it's just all over the place but it's also like it's also um it is all over the place i agree completely um but it also is like it also feels like one idea kind of, you know, it's not like, it's not all over the place in the same way that, uh, that mellow gold is all over the place. It's like, like, you know, where it's at and devil's haircut being on the same album. Yes. That makes perfect sense. Like, I feel like the, the songs all fit together in a really wonderful way that make the album total, totally complete. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm looking over my notes and the, the first thing I wrote as soon as it came on was fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, a fun listen. I mean, it comes in pretty hard. It comes in hot. Yeah. Um, the first track is um, Devil's Haircut, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like got that guitar and it's immediately sampling stuff and it's it's looping and it's 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 awesome and i think it takes a lot of the ideas like as far as the like the like country rap kind of sound that like he had on like loser and stuff and it's just so much better and there's so much other things going on with all the various noises it's it's really noisy cds and I, I think that's why I bumped it down. It's like it's like pretty abrasive, <laughs> and like it's it's really good. And it's it's not always going to be the first one I'm playing around like at the house. But if I'm on my headphones, like it's probably the first one I'm going to throw on. Okay, I get you. Yeah, um, it is. It is pretty abrasive. It's it's pretty it's. It's very, it's, it's very rock. And I feel like it's, um, it's very Gen X. You know, it, it makes sense to me that it follows Mellow Gold because it's, it's not quite the slacker thing, but I almost feel like the 90s, like by 96, I feel like they've kind of moved on from, you know, when I think of Gen X and I think of 90s slacker stuff, like, yeah, Mellow Gold goes in there, Clerks goes in there, you know, just I think about Beavis and Butthead, you know. The movie slacker. Sure, yeah, the movie <laughs> slacker. But, you know, Odalay feels like someone who's, feels like it's made by someone who's really trying to prove himself and to show that he's more than just, like, you know, a slacker icon or the guy that wrote Loser. You know, he's like, check out what I can do. I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing something and you have to pay attention to this. 
Mm, and we did. And we did. Yeah. It's it's such a hard album to like talk about. Like I have so many thoughts about this album. It's but it's awesome. like it's really hard to like put it into words just because it is like so out there and so I, w I feel like it's mixing a lot of genres in songs like it's not necessarily like doing a jazzy song and then doing a folky song it's like jazzy folky hip-hop uh erratic random noise like all mushed into the track you know um which is a good thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what are some of your guys' favorite songs? I mean, I really like the new Pollution. Uh, that one's pretty awesome. Groovy. Yes. That with haircut is just like such a good banging intro. And Lord Only Knows. I love Lord Only Knows. I was just about to say, Lord Only Knows is one that like I play that one a lot. Derelict is like real weird. It was like pretty psychedelic. I was grooving out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Odelay is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I think without Odelay, like you wouldn't have a lot of a lot of other things. I think it was pretty influential for a lot of musicians when it came out in '96. Um, being able to do do like mixing everything that he mixed and with all the samples um i think and I think. where it's at is still like a huge single if yeah. we're talking about like like how loser is i feel like where it's at is kind of up there with loser yeah you're that a great keyboard intro yeah and robot voice at some point. <laughs> got to turn tables and a microphone <laughs> yeah anyway so um yeah that was our i mean shannon same number one uh not planned not planned at we all. did not talk about this before i just want to clarify that well me and reese have the same two and three so you know yeah but me and you live together i just want to make sure the listeners know we kept this secret very true so um reese what is your uh number one my number one is Wero. all right Wero <laughs> came out in 2005. Uh, Interscope uh, released that one. This is another collaboration with the Dust Brothers. Um, the, the singles were E-Pro, Girl, and Hell Yes. Dude. And um, there was a remix album for this one, Wero Lito. Has anybody listened to that? I haven't, actually. I don't neither, think I have neither. either. Um, I'm like, actually, I've never listened to like, does he have other remix albums? Because I've never listened to any of them. And I'd be curious because his songs that already sound like remixes of something. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why they can be remixed further. But no, I, I don't think I've heard that. Remix. I've never been a remix album kind of guy. Me neither. But now I kind of, I'm going to dive into it, guys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love this album. I think it's amazing. It's like start to finish, it's it flows really well. Um, it's definitely the one I've listened to the most. Um, it was the first full album I listened to of Beck, and it's one I consistently go to the most. Did you like listen to this one in 2005 when it came out? Yeah, I bought it. 
because one of my friends had it and I was like, shoot, this is amazing. I'm going to get this. Can I and ask I you it. where you bought it? Do you remember where you bought it? Hastings. Hell oh, yeah. Now gone. Yeah, my impression of this one was what a cool album. Just this to me is one of those albums that it it doesn't even it just feels awesome all the way through every song pretty much is just this is really really cool and i i want to go back to what i was saying earlier i feel like this is the one to me where he he really was solidifying what like beck truly sounds like like when people think like when people think of beck i feel like they're kind of thinking of this time period of Wero. you know i mean people will think of his acoustic stuff and then his earlier weirder stuff but you know i think that Wero is the one where like that that's kind of like him refining his sound into what is epitome back. Yeah, I feel like if I was if there was somebody that's never heard any kind of Beck songs and I was to give him two albums, it'd be Odele and Wero. And I think that like would say, this is who this musician is. Like I think that's how I would describe it. Yeah, I think I'd play them E-Pro right away. That might be one of the first songs I play. Oh, yeah. because it's, it's it's like a, an iconic Beck song for sure. Yeah, and it's accessible, and it's rocking, and it's got elements of a few different genres of music. Like, it's 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 all there. One thing that I did want to say was that uh, Guero, um, it's pronounced, you know, I've been trying to say it right, it's pronounced Guero in English. And um, To be honest, I've been saying Guero for... For years. Many years. Yeah, Shan pointed this out to me last night, actually. That's how you, that's how you say it's it. It's like, we can't look like idiots. And then I looked it up on the I looked up on Wikipedia, and uh, it's actually a, a Mexican slang term in Spanish for a pale-skinned or blonde-haired person. Which does describe Beck. That is Beck. <laughs> that is yeah, I'm sure he got called in a lot when growing up in L.A. <laughs> um, can I say a fun fact? Yes. I... Uh, on the song Hell Yes, the girl voice is Christina Ricci. Really? Um, from the Adams Family? Yeah. <laughs> I like your bass. Your beat is nice. <laughs> That's really funny. I did not know That's that. so good. Yeah, I um, love that album. There, I mean, there's so many great, great songs, like, like Scarecrows, probably one of my favorites, Missing. Kind of missing kind of takes off where like Tropicalia was like kind of the like Brazilian influence like yeah so good for sure um, yeah where I was where I was great um, yeah wonderful um, and I mean with that I think we can you know I think that's that's Beck's career that's that's his whole discography you guys we did it what a fun journey we went on this last week well we still need to uh we still need to combine all of all these albums so let's do it i think we should just uh start from the top start at number one and we can collectively you know we don't have points or anything we're just going to be you know we just discuss we're going to be friends about this you know um um so my number one is odalay shine's number one is odalay i think odalay is fair number one yeah okay that's um, an easy one. Where did you have Odalay though? Just for the record. I had it at four, but I mean three and four. It's it's it sits right in there. It's it's a fluid kind of thing. 
totally. So, um, okay, so totally number one. Um, um, you had Guero at number one. Where did you have Guero, Shan? Six. Six, okay. So we need to decide um, if that should go at number two um, or if, um, like, you, Reese, you had C change at number two. I had C change at number two. Yeah, I think C change should be number three. So, yeah, C change. So C change at number two, okay. Um, and then should we slide Guero in there? I don't want to, like, I just, as Reese. Number you know, one, yeah. His number well, one where did it fall on your list? I had number four. So, I think Guero, oh, I did it again. I am an idiot. Guero <laughs> <laughs> number three makes sense then. Um, yeah. yeah? I mean, you had Midnight Vultures quite a bit lower. Me and, me and Reese had that at number three. Yeah. So. Yeah, so let's put Guero there. Where was it for you? Number Guero um, was my number four. Um, so I don't know. I kind of think that we should put Midnight Vultures at number four because me and Reese had number three. Where did you have Midnight Vultures? Seven. Okay. Um, so three, three, and then seven. Um, what else could go in that slot? Um, I had three, three, and seven. I, I guess number oh, four. I thought you had Modern Guilt high. Oh, yeah. I had Modern Guilt at number two. Oh, you had Modern Guilt at number Where did you have Modern Guilt, Reese? Five. Okay, I had Modern Guild at number seven. So maybe. So two. Uh, what 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 wins? Um, a three three <laughs> seven or a uh, two? I maybe mean, maybe we do Modern Guilds and then Midnight Vultures. Where? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. And then I had Mellow Guild at number five. I was at nine. And mine was number four. Yeah, so that's right in that Maybe spot. Six? Is that what we're doing? Mellow Gold at six? Uh, yeah, Mellow Gold at six. Am I missing any? Okay. Uh, Reese, what's your next highest? Um, so my number six is Morning Phase. Right. Where did you have that? Mine was nine. Mine was 11. So it doesn't need to be that high then. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like I, an, an eight or a seven. Yeah, I feel pretty good about having like... Where did you guys have the information? I had it at number six. Eight. And mine was number five. So I feel that the information is next. I'd be, I'd be pretty good going the information and then doing uh, morning phase. Sure. So if, number are you seven. Good with that yeah, totally. Number seven's the information. And then number eight is morning phase. So on our number nine. And then um, what do we got going on? My next highest would then be mutations. Yeah, mutations. I think mutations should go number. Yeah, number nine. Should go number nine. Um, and then then my next highest is colors. What about you guys? I have, have one. We have three slots left, so it's it's the last three are colors, one foot in the grave, and hyperspace. I had one foot in the grave at number eight from my list. So yeah, then that needs to be um, that 10 spot then. And then ultimately we just need to decide what we like more, colors or hyper. Well, I think just from remembering how you guys talked about colors, like I, I would think it's gotta be colors. Just I mean, you, it's you like, wow. like singles. It's like, wow. Where did like you, right which now. One did you, which one did you have higher? Did you have? I had hyperspace above. Where, oh, where was hyperspace on your list? On 10. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I liked colors a lot more than hyperspace, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Should yeah, we do color eleven and then hyperspace? As long as everyone feels good about that. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. So would you like to read the list? Yeah, I'll do it. So Beck's discography, the ultimate ranking of Beck's discography. Number twelve, hyperspace. Number eleven, colors. Number ten, one foot in the grave. Number nine. Mutations. Number eight, morning phase. Number seven, the information. Number six, mellow gold. Number five, midnight vultures. Number four, modern guilt. Number three, wero. Number two, sea change. And can we all say it together? Number, Number one, one. Odalang. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. Well, um, Reese, thanks for coming on our show and uh, doing this whole Beck thing with us. Um, it's been really fun. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, I want to ask you real quick. Do you have any ideas for what this podcast should be called? Uh, nothing good. <laughs> What's I tried to thought it. Yeah, my answer to the one that I thought of, like, I don't think it. I don't think it's good. So, well, so, so you don't want to say? Not really. Okay. I just okay. feel like I just think there's a better name. Photography <laughs> is such a clunky word. Yeah. And there's no like real synonyms. Albums. Albums ranked. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Right. Anyway, we're, I we're, don't working, know. On we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um anyway, um that's our show. So uh I think everyone should go out and listen to Beck. You know, he's got something for everybody, I I think. So um yeah. Um, Reese, uh, do you have anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? Uh, just go listen to Beck. Anything you need to plug? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just um, just your, things from your personal life. Yeah. Your, your MySpace page? Okay. Yeah, I don't remember my login for that. Oh, God, but I wish I did. Um, <laughs> I got to know what Tom's up to. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what he is up to, actually. Anyway, um, Anyway, thanks so for listening. anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Incoming bonus message. Real quick, I just wanted to let everyone know that our next episode will be on the American indie rock group Spoon. So over the next two weeks, if you wanted to listen to Spoon's entire discography and play along with us to your own ranking, you can listen to our new episode in two weeks and see how your ranking compares to ours. Have a great day.